Hi, welcome back to another episode of Cycling Talk Podcast with me, Georgia Mahoney. I hope you all enjoyed watching the Tour de France and now I'm back from my mid-season break for a special episode about the Tour de France with Fred Wright. Thank you so much to Fred for coming back onto the podcast and speaking so honestly about his Tour de France experience. Thank you for coming back onto the podcast, Fred, to talk about your Tour de France experience. I'm happy to be back on back on the podcast. It was, yeah, it feels like a while ago. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that I spoke to you last, but it feels like a while, while ago. Yeah, it was, it was a long three weeks, but I, I really enjoyed it. So. It was strange for me because I was talking to you on the Monday before the tour, and then I was watching you on the TV at the team presentation. What were your emotions knowing that you were about to start your first Tour de France? I was, I wasn't super nervous actually, as nervous as I thought I was going to be until until maybe the first stage when the hotel we were staying in was right next to, was like right next to the course and obviously the women were doing La Course and, you know, the first time I heard the caravan, which is the, you know, all the, the kind of crazy cars that throw out pens and wet and rubbish basically to, to fans on the side as soon as I heard that I kind of started getting nervous because that's kind of where sort of what I, my memories were of the tour when we went to watch it in when I was sort of eight years old or whatever it was in 2000 and 2007 I think maybe 2000 or maybe it was 2009 whenever whenever I went to watch watch it when it came to London I think I do remember as a kid just being really excited about the, the caravan coming past so when I when, so when I first heard that was when I really kind of started started feeling the feeling the nerves about it but yeah, the other team presentation was kind of I think with Covid there wasn't that many wasn't that many people there mm. you know in terms of fans for the re- compared to the rest of the tour there were so many fans but actually the team presentation wasn't as busy and there wasn't that as much as you know as, as some as, as some of the regular some of the regular stages had loads of people so I think actually sort of the team presentation like felt like a team presentation from any other race whereas you know, once once it got going, that was when it sort of could feel the you know the emotion starts com- coming through. Can you tell me about the one-off jersey that Bahrain Victorious wore during the tour? Yeah, I, that was sort of a a kind of it's a sh- it's a shame really. I, I kind of would have liked to wear it for the whole thing, but we it was sort of with the you know the rise of cryptocurrency and everything at the moment. I don't really understand how it works, but it was basically sort of the jerseys became an NFT like they all got cut up and it became that I don't really I don't really understand it any of it to be honest and then that NFT was then auctioned off to raise money to you know help fight diabetes but it was a you know I think it would have been it was a really nice jersey I would have liked to wear it for the, the whole race but obviously it was for a really good cause and I think it raised a good good bit of money but that was sort of kind of a, a way of raising money I hadn't really it's quite a new way of raising money I think to do, to do it that way it was the the idea of one of our um, PR people so the first week of the Tour de France is well known for being chaotic how did you find the madness that unfolded on the first stage and were you caught up in any of the crashes yourself yeah well I, I kind of I remember just that I don't remember what it was like coming back to the bus on all of the stages, but I do remember the first stage sort of when it had finished coming back to the bus and I was just almost almost a bit shell-shocked because it really was like I'd not I'd kind of not really done a race in a while that was that that crazy and scary with crashes. Because it was just 
you know, coming into the last climb on the first stage, there was a massive one that I didn't come down in, but I got caught up in it. And I remember just, yeah, it was a bit like, well, this is, this is welcome to the Tour de France. It was quite, <laughs> quite a, a mad opening. I did get, actually get caught up in the Ali Oppi and Omi's crash, you know, where there was the spectator that put the sign, with the sign out that caused the, caused a massive pile up. I kind of, I think I stopped in time, but then got sort of taken to the floor by someone behind me. But, I mean, I was I was unscathed. It was more just more just a bit of a shock, but yeah, pretty hectic and stressful for experience the Tour de France to begin with. That's for sure. Mm, I think we were all shocked when we saw that fan and what happened because mm-hmm. I don't think anyone's really seen something that that big happen because of fan. No, I know it's it's kind of. I think it should. I don't know how you. It's quite hard to regulate it, obviously, because you you have you know you have climbs and stuff where the fans and even in the time trials sometimes they're right next to you. So it's tricky. It's tricky to. I think you know any fans that face the wrong way to the to the bunch coming at them. I think that's straight away. There's gonna. That's when you start having problems. You know, if someone's looking to take a selfie when the bunch are coming or whatever. I think that's that's when it gets a bit stupid. I think you should always make sure you're looking at the race rather than yeah facing away from it so stage two was another day with another amazing winner again there were more crashes jack haig finished inside the top 10 which was great for the team but in stage three jack crashed out and had to leave the race how did that affect the team's morale and what was that night like in the hotel yeah i mean like the first two stages for jack went really really well like the second stage was was better for us i think we were like right up there, all like the, all the the guys that needed to be. I mean, obviously, I did my job before the climbs climbs were done. But yeah, it, Jack, that that third stage I think was the most crazy of them all. You know, because you had that crash with Roglic and loads of favourites went down. I actually crashed with them um, when Garant crashed early on and pop, did his popped his shoulder out and popped it back in again. I was actually I actually went down in that crash. I was a bit annoyed really because we were right at the front and it just was didn't expect it because it was just a crash out of the blue. I think he. I think someone lost the hands or the hand to pass or something, hit a, st- hit a pothole or something, and then we we were down. You know, you don't really expect a crash when you're that far forward. And then, you know, coming to the finish, it was a crazy sort of the last 20k, we were on this twisty, narrow road that was always going to be problematic. And, you know, actually we were in quite a safe position with Jack, but just was unlucky in that that corner. We'd all What's mad is we'd all talked about that that one corner where the crash was where he came down, like we'd all talk, talked about it, like, well, that's going to be, that's going to be a dodgy corner. And yeah, it turned out to be, but mm. yeah, I mean, everyone in the team was gutted. We kind of think some of the sort of people were like, oh, maybe why does this happen to us? You know, because obviously Lander crashed out of the Giro, like who was our main GC hope and Jack Crap crashed out of the Tour, who was also our main GC hope. But I think it was just, I think it was on un- just no luck, to be honest. I don't think there was anything more we could have done to, prevent it but but yeah it was really it's a he really did his collarbone quite badly actually kind of because some some guys like you know like like Pidcock for example he broke his collarbone but got back up into training pretty quickly whereas Jack you know had quite a lot of had quite a lot of time off I think but that's I mean that's that's what you need we actually saw him on the rest day in Andorra which was nice because he lives there so he came came and said said hello with his dog and he seems (laughs) a good you know, stories to tell about his operation and stuff. And it was, no, it was nice to see him at least. Yeah, everyone was, everyone was devastated. 
Yeah, I didn't actually realise that you were in that crash with Gia. I think when we're watching at home, any time that a Bahrain rider crashes, we're like, oh, is it Fred? It better not be Fred. <laughs> and then it's, it's very difficult when you're watching at home to see who the people are. And for, yeah, yeah. very worrying in the peloton, but for family and people watching back home, it must have been really hard for them not knowing whether you were involved in the crashes. Yeah, definitely. I think I don't think my mum enjoyed watching it much at all, to be honest. I think I actually hit my shoulder quite badly, but you know, luckily when you're at the Tour de France, you get the best best support you're ever gonna get from the team. And like the, the our osteo was really good at sort of sorting that out, which is perfect. In stage four, you got to wear the yellow numbers and helmets as a team to represent that Bahrain was the leading team in the GC. That must have been an amazing feeling for the team to have that. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, we kind of sat down, obviously had a team meeting at the start of the whole race and sort of set out targets. And I think it's, it's fair to say that, you know, that the team GC wasn't one of them. But I think the way they work out the team GC is they do the top three riders on each stage. And when... You know, the way we were racing it, which was, we I mean, we had a few guys going for the GC, but we also had intentions of breakaways and stuff. So actually, you know, the way we the way we rode as a team sort of meant that we were more likely to be in a good position for the team classification. So although it wasn't a target, it kind of came with how we did the race. So oh, it was, we actually ended up wearing yellow helmets and numbers for a while, you know, like loads of the stages. And I, you know, I didn't think I didn't expect that at all for my first Tour de France. So. Mm. I've got my yellow helmet at home, which is I'm very proud of. <laughs> oh, that's very cool. Yeah. Stage five was the first home trial of the tour. Was it a case of recovering from injuries and the madness of the first few days? And did you enjoy having a break from all the chaos? Yeah, it was great actually. I think I really there was loads of fans on the road, and I kind of I, I knew that at the time trial that early. Although I quite like a time trial, I was I knew the best thing to do, was, especially in my first Tour of France, was just to take it take it nice and easy. And yeah, that's what I did. So I got got to the finish, and it, I did, did get a bit of rain, which is a bit annoying, but I seem to remember. But actually, yeah, it was such an easy day. You know, you just you just have to think about yourself, what you're doing, and then yeah, we were, me and uh, Marco because we were off quite early. We got back to the hotel not too late in the afternoon, and then had the whole whole afternoon to put your feet up, which was. It's almost like a mini rest day yeah. before the first rest day, which was no, really good, actually. Stage six was very full on, and I think you were riding for Sunny that day. Then stage seven was the first of two incredible days for you and the team. Can you tell me about Mate Mohoric's win? Oh, that was that 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 was one of the, the first days where it was quite warm, I think. Mm. And I have a tendency to, you know, first days in the heat, I struggle a little bit and... Yeah, we. Uh, I'd actually had a pretty hard day out. It was a long, quite a long fight for the breakaway. Obviously, we had Mate in there, which was. I think we'd actually have liked to have more guys in the breakaway because it was a sort of 20, 20 odd riders and only, only one. You know, ideally, the kind of rule of thumb is if there's six guys, you have one. If this is if you want to be in the breakaway, if you have six guys, if there's six guys, you have one. Twelve guys, you have two, and sort of 18, 20 guys, you have three guys. So. You know, sometimes it would have been, maybe we wanted to have more guys in the breakaway, but obviously that didn't, you know, that Mate kind of, the way he, he's such a smart guy, you know, I had the pleasure of rooming with him 
sort of got to got a chance to see what the emotions are like of someone that's just won a stage of the Tour de France, which is really cool. But I had quite a hard day out, and you know, to find out that your teammates won when you've struggled a little bit to the finish was that was really special. He's such a, you know, he's so intelligent the way he he knows exactly how to ride ride a breakaway. You know, he knows he knows exactly what he can do. He knows exactly what other people can do. He's really calculated. It's cool to listen. You know talk to him about how he did it and what his ideas were you know, going into it. It's, it's definitely something I can sort of learn from and try and replicate myself in the future, hopefully. And I take it that the team didn't celebrate too hard that night because the next stage, stage eight, Dylan Turns won the stage. That must have been just amazing for the team. Did the team get a lot of confidence going into the rest of the tour after that? Yeah, I mean, that, well, I mean, we still had... We had champagne, well, a glass of champagne on the night Mate won and then another glass of champagne on the night Dylan won. So two nights in a row with, with champagne is pretty, pretty cool. Again, again, I didn't, you know, to be in a team that wins the stage of the Tour de France is, is already a, a special thing. So to have that two two nights in a row was was really cool. And then, you know, it, we'd ridden it really well that day and on day eight. And yeah, I, I, I was actually climbing quite well. And, you know, we were always, all loads of us, like all of us were up there and, no, it was, you know, for Dylan to win as well was it was great, really good. We were sort of riding up, riding up the climb and just the, the last climb, and you know, got the got the the Swanee on the side of the road, sort of saying, "Oh, Dylan, Dylan's won it," because we we'd hear you, you know, you, you kind of you get dropped, but you can still stick your radio in and hear what's going on. And you know, we heard that Pogaccia was closing in on him on the last climb, and it was getting pretty, it's getting pretty close actually. I think if Pogaccia had caught him, it might have been a different story, but yeah, he, he didn't and. And so he took it easier on the descent and Dylan Dylan stayed away for the win. So oh, that was, yeah, once again, special. Yeah, I keep saying special, but yeah, that was also special. <laughs> Stage nine had a summit finish and Sonny Colbrelli was chasing green and managed to get third on that stage. I've seen some pictures of you and it looked like an incredibly tough stage with terrible weather. What are your memories? Yeah, I think being... I think being British definitely helps on day, on days like that. You know, it was cold, but I definitely wasn't, I wasn't like some of the guys were having to stop on the side of the road to put more jackets on. You know, I, I'd had my, I got my jackets on and I didn't need anything, anything more than that. Obviously I was cold, but yeah, it was, it was a hard stage. So really not, not a nice one. Lots of climbs. And yeah, that last climb was, was a long one, but I was in, I was sort of comfortably in a big group, not worried about the time cut, which was, which was good. Cause I think on, on days like that, when you're, you know, stressing about the time cut is it's even more difficult. So yeah, I was in a massive group better, which was which is nice. And what's quite what's quite good is the team have um on days like that the team actually put the Swannies have hot tea, like hot not like English tea, but it's more like kind of peach flavoured hot tea, which is really nice to when you when you're cold to have some warm teas. That was good. Mm-hmm. That was really good. And then you got a rest day. What did you and the team get up to on your rest day I was a bit annoyed actually both both rest days weren't in the most ideal locations you know we were in in Tignes where we were the first rest day you know you're right up at 2,000 meters so actually I, I don't think I recovered that well because it was because of the high altitude you know I've not ever really done a, an altitude training camp and you know to be to be that high kind of affects your affects your recovery a little bit and so the the ride we went on was basically going down for a little bit easy and then going back up again pretty easy but rather just have a sort of flat <laughs> a flat spin rather than going up and down again but 
And then, I mean, the rest day actually went, that rest day went so fast. You know, you kind of wake up quite fairly late, have breakfast, go for your ride, come back, have lunch. And then once you, then you have to, you know, like it just disappears and you're like, yeah, oh, get, get going again. But actually, you know, it's, it breaks up the rhythm almost. It's almost kind of back, nice to get back to the rhythm once you start the next stage. Cause you know, it's quite, you live, you're in such a sort of structure. So it was good to, you know, needed, but I didn't really like the altitude, I think, from the first rest day. <laughs> Stage 10 finished with a sprint that Cavendish won. And again, you were riding for Sunny. How stressful are the days when you're working for someone else? Yeah, pretty pretty stressful. I think it, we, we never quite got it right with Sonny, unfortunately. I think, you know, I was happy to, you know, I, I was actually quite pleased because I was in a position where I could, you know, do pull turns where I was required on the front. But yeah, we sort of, would always lose each other. I think it's it's a credit to it shows how good Quick Step are or what they do because they really their leadouts are, are phenomenal and it's it's actually pretty it's pretty hard to you know stay together in those sort of tense and fast fast finishes. So no, I was just quite pleased because there was a few stages where I was able to you know be on the front, maybe not necessarily actually doing anything for the team because I they weren't behind me. But <laughs> the fact that you know I was a couple of times on the front of a bunch of the Tour de France I think that's that's pretty cool yeah so stage 11 was twice over Mont Ventoux it was a great day for Peo Bilbao as he moved into the top 10 in the GC how was your day on the mountain and had you ever ridden it before um no I had never ridden it before and I think that was that was definitely my worst day of all the days that was the hardest and my my worst day of the, the whole tour I'd say I think the it was hot again and the start was the start sort of to get in the breakaway was actually pretty was really hard you know there's a few there were a few sort of little climbs that we had to get over and yeah I think a lot of guys sort of want to be in the break before before Von two to get a bit of an advantage which obviously that it worked because ran out one from the from the breakaway but yeah really really hard just before we'd even done Von two which I think was was a bit crazy to be honest you know to be going almost pretty much going into the red before you even start two times up one of the most feared climbs in the whole of the whole of cycling I think it's quite it's not so good and I mean the first time up I sort of had to take take at my own pace and I sort of found a group of you know with you kind of find you sort of every the more you get into the race you work out the riders that you normally would climb go with in a group etto if that makes sense like you kind of see the guys you know, oh I'm, I'm normally with him so I'll, I'll ride with him to the finish you know this is once you get dropped and so I was actually that day a bit further behind from the normal group I'd be in and I was sort of on my own for a little bit and a bit a bit worried but then I managed to get to them and ride slowly to the finish but yeah we that last time up the climb was really I think one of the worst that was horrible really 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 horrible kind of always want to forget it because it was I didn't you know it was such an iconic climb it was such cool you know cool photos you get from Bontu I just I really hated it. I didn't didn't enjoy any of the fans or anything. I was just really, really, really suffering. It was the descent was lovely, but the climb was just the worst thing. One of the worst things I've done, I think. <laughs> so I'm guessing that you don't want to ride it again. I think if I, you know, a bit more, a bit more heat heat adaptation, I think I'd be all right. I think it, once again, it was another sort of we'd had some cold days, and then that was the first sort of hot day again, and. Yeah, my body just doesn't doesn't deal with it well. I think late a few stages later, I sort of found the value of having an ice pack down the back of your neck. Mm. Didn't 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 have enough ice packs. I think on that 
that Mont Ventoux day. Stage 12 was a breakaway and had some of the best scenery in the tour. Did you ever get a chance to get your head up and have a look around? Stage 12 was, no, it was really nice. There was some, some really nice scenery, but I was actually quite gutted that day because I really, you know, that the break that went that day was, it kind of split a little bit in crosswinds at the very start that I'd sort of missed out on and then basically just hesitated a little bit and didn't didn't make it into that into that group and you know it would would have been great that if we had I mean we'd already won two stages but you know to have a couple more guys in the in another breakaway would have been perfect and yeah it's, I kind of spent a lot of the day like oh, wishing that I'd because it's actually quite an, a, an easy and not very stressful day but I spent a lot of it sort of like oh I wish I wish I'd gotten the move because you know I was looking at some of the guys there that and thinking actually maybe could have could have got a result of some kind you know Connor Swift was there and Australian kid from sort of got quite friendly with called Harry Sweeney was there and yeah it was a bit of a shame actually to not be in the breakaway but it was yeah not at the same time it was nice to have a kind of mm. easier day after that one two day but yeah I was kind of gutted I didn't make it in the breakaway but then it's good that I can say that you know I was in a position to you know try and be in the breakaway because yeah lots to learn for for next for the tours to come hopefully in stage 13, Cavendish equaled Merckx's record and Sonny had mechanical and was unable to sprint for the win. And stage 14 was a breakaway and the race seemed a lot calmer than the first week. In stage 15, Walt got the polka dot jersey back. How much were the team's efforts based around trying to defend the jersey until the end? I think that was that was actually one of the, you know what I was saying about the, you know, we sat down and had a bit of a meeting at the start of the tour to you know say what our our goals were and the the polka dot jersey was one of them you know they the, the team had worked out the amount of points that we what would need to to get the jersey and so you know straight away that was a bit of a bit of a goal so no i mean he worked so hard for it and i i, I mean i'd argue that actually he he deserved to have it i think the way that they they work out the points and stuff kind of almost favors favored pogachar a little bit because it was double points two days in a row on the big final GC days of the tour. And I think, you know, he he didn't have to go for it basically to win the jersey. Whereas Wout was Wout was sprinting against all the other guys to try <laughs> to try and get the jersey. And I think it's sort of a shame because he, you know, he put so much into it. And then he, you know, even at the end he still had to wear it, even though he was he was second in the competition, which I think is is quite hard, you know. Yeah. I think we can be sort of proud of how we sort of tried to try to keep it. And how was your body feeling on the second rest day? The honest, is actually better than um, better than the first rest day. I think I think like I said before about the altitude. I think actually, okay, we, we were in Andorra again, which which is high, but not you know it was sort of nine hundred meters. I think where we were staying, and so again the rest day ride was a bit rubbish because we just went down and up again. But mm-hmm. actually, I kind of I think I recovered more than than the uh, than the, the day before. I think that that stage nine where it was really cold was was really sort of hard on the body. Whereas the, the day before the second rest day was, I mean, it was hard. There were some horrible climbs, but I was sort of in a position where I'd, I'd done my job to help pay her and then could, they could relax a little bit. So yeah, I actually, actually was in, in better, better shape than the, than the first rest day, which is a really good sign to be young in the Tour de France and actually be able to recover properly. You and Sunny were in a breakaway together on stage 16 was the plan for you to ride for Sunny or was the plan for both of you to be in the breakaway together and sort of see what happened? 
that was actually the I'd say that's probably one of the, one of the best the best days that I had. It was a bit wet again, but you know we went over the first the first. It was a pretty big climb to get over the to start with. That I that I managed to, which is kind of rare. You know, sort of a sign that I had good legs. You know, and uh, then it was quite clear the break was going to go after that climb because there was sort of reduced bunch that had got together and Sonny, Sonny went for the intermediate sprint points I think with Matthews and that had already forced a bit of a breakaway and I just I just followed basically I just followed as you would just when you're when you're trying to defend the position of a rider you've got in front you sometimes the best strategy is just to follow the, the guys that are attacking to try and get across to it and so yeah I just followed and ended up looking I sort of looked behind and the guys I'd followed had a, had a gap so we we got across to that break it's quite a quite a big move and yeah I mean I guess it wasn't really the plan I mean you always the way we were going into the race we were sort of trying to get into the breakaways to get stagemen so that was that meant that if anyone was there we were all trying to get get in the break so I was I was just in a good position to do that and yeah I was straight away I could you know the way Stoney went on that stage nine Mm. when he was third he's really really strong could climb well and he's got a good sprint so Mm. it was sort of a good good stage for him and it was just a shame that I think Comrade was just really strong yeah because I was you know pushing to my to my limit and got dropped on the last climb unfortunately but yeah it would have been nice to get over that and help Sonny into the end but I sort of did what I could and rolled into the finish but yeah Sonny was really gutted with second actually that was that was quite hard a hard one for him I think he really wanted to win a stage mm. at the tour but I was pretty happy with how I how I did to be honest but yeah that was a good good day actually yeah, a really good day and stage 17 and 18 were the last two days in the mountains. Peo and Dylan finished in the top 10 in stage 17. And sadly for Walt in stage 18, he lost the polka dot jersey, which the team had for most of the race. That night, the team hotel was raided by French police, which is something that you can't really prepare for as a team. No. How, how did you cope personally and as a team? Um, I mean... You know, everyone was just really, really shocked. I think it was quite a long stage that I think, and we'd, you know, been, you know, it was a, so it was a long day, and we had already like just just got back to the hotel. It was like a two-hour transfer or something after a long day. So you got back to the hotel late. All you're thinking about is, you know, having some dinner and relaxing. And I'd been in the hotel five minutes. I was actually on the toilet at the time. Funnily enough. Got a, there was lots of knocking on the door and they, you know, the door was on the latch and they, they barged in and I was I was sat there on the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> um, but and yes, you know, straight away I was sort of shocked and like, wow, this is this is. I was really really scared. There was the emo- the emotions I had were kind of all over the place. Really, I was it was one of the most stressful experiences I think I've ever had. You know, to have sort of policemen with, you know, with guns, but not. Obviously, just little ones strapped to their waist, but still, they've still got guns and still looking through all your stuff. And yeah, to begin with, I think the team were shocked and everyone was really stressed. But actually, you know, in the end, we were obviously just obviously got nothing to hide. So we just, they just went through everything and it took forever. <laughs> but really sorry for some of the, some of the Swannies and stuff, because they were up till the early hours of the morning, just going through, because obviously, they were going through our bag, but they also had to go through the bus and the, you know, we got quite a lot of vehicles there. So there was a bus, the kitchen truck, the mechanics truck, all this stuff that they had to look through. Look, I don't know what they were, don't know what they were hoping to find, but they, they were, they were searching for something. And, 
yeah, I, it was quite kind of strange. You sort of feel like a feel like a criminal almost when they're looking through your bags and looking through your phone as well. But we we just complied and sat there and got through it. But yeah, it was really not what you want when you've got to do the tournament the next day. That's for sure. Did you end up getting much sleep after all of that? No, nah, not not at all. Basically, not at all. I was really kind of mind was going everywhere, kind of worried about what. Obviously, I knew they they they're not they're not going to find anything, but you still kind of you know worry what's going to come out in the news or whatever afterwards, like and all that sort of stuff. So it was nah, not nice at all, not nice at all. And I think I think what we've sort of discovered it was all sort of fueled out of suspicion and mm. nasty stuff on Twitter and all that sort of stuff. So it's. It's always not nice, you know, when you look on Twitter about that sort of stuff afterwards. I made that mistake, you know, seeing seeing what people have to say about about the team, and it's just hard because you work, you know, everyone everyone in the team is working so hard mm. and sacrificing so much, and you know, for people to accuse you of doing doing whatever just mm. because you're doing well, it's it's yeah, it's not nice, not nice at all. Mm, yeah, it must have been horrible for all of you, but I'm sure yeah. you all felt a lot better when. Matteo got a stage win in stage 19 who I believe he was your roommate yeah 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 your emotions at this point oh we again you know again almost like the the other day he won he'd gotten a break and we were a bit worried because he was it was one he was just on his own in quite a big break and I think we'd rather to have more guys there but you know once again his his tactical mind is just it's just phenomenal really and he and he's also super strong, which helps. And you know, he managed to ride ride away at the perfect moment and they were they were never catching him. Mm. We were just like, you know, what a perfect way to to respond to everything that happened. I think we, you know, he he said it in his once when we had champagne after after the race to celebrate, you know, he said it in his speech, like we, you know, we all work so hard. And yeah, for him to him to do that was, yeah, once again, it was so cool. I think to be in a to be in a team that win three stages is Mm. What I've, from what I've heard, it's quite rare, so I'm I'm really you know happy with that. Yeah. But again, I think it, you know we were when we first saw his celebration, we were all just like buzzing, like wow, what that is the what a, what a response. That's the such a great celebration. But then obviously, make the mistake of going on Twitter again, and you see all the people like, oh, he's doing what Lance Armstrong did. But yeah, I think once again that was all all a load of rubbish, <laughs> all a load of rubbish. Full of, you know, mm. yeah. I think that's the first time I've really experienced, you know, like what, you know, what social media, mm. how it influences. So I've never been in that position before, you know, to where people are almost not not me personally, and not nothing against me personally, but you know, to see such negativity towards yeah. something you're doing, it's I've never, you know, never had that before. So yeah, I think social media can be brilliant, but it can also be used in the wrong way and I think yeah definitely sometimes people just don't think about what they're saying before they actually post it and I just think that it's hard it must be really hard as a rider sacrificing everything and then getting mean responses and you can't really believe anything that you read because no exactly I think credit to Mata he's just a he's just a you know, one of the best best bike riders in the world, and he and he showed that. I actually really like the Bahrain Instagram page. I think it's really cool what they do on there. Well, that's that. I'm, I'm that's good that you say that. I think they they really kind of. I do, yeah. Well, they especially with the Grand Tours, actually, they seem to step it up a step it up a notch and 
always always have lots of stories. I know some other teams aren't aren't quite as good, but yeah, this team is it's really good. The the guy as well that was in Tour de France was really really good, and I mean, I felt so sorry for him with the whole police thing because that was for him even more stressful, I think, than for us. You know, he he had to talk to the press and everything, and I think he was yeah, that was his sort of first experience of the tour, and I think he was also really really stressful stressed then. So stage 20 had an individual time trial and this was amazing to watch. She finished 15th out of the best riders in the biggest race in the world. What were you feeling on the start ramp? I kind of knew in my head that I was going to sort of going to go for it. I know a lot of guys kind of, you know, get to time trials and they just just ride them steady. My, um, I remember sort of saying to my, to my teammates, like, oh yeah, I'm just going to go, go flat out and then, the, the the old the more the, the more I think they're a bit more experienced. They sort of looked at me like, "What why what are you doing? Why would why would you do that?" But I kind of knew that you know with how I was feeling, I wasn't super super tired, and I knew I could you know try and get a decent result. And yeah, that's what I that's what I managed. And I was I think to finish you know finish off a, a three week race with a result with a decent result is is yeah. always a good sign as well. And I'm yeah I, I'm really 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 happy with that. I, I mean, and also in, in time trials, there's, there's things I can work on. You know, I, I haven't had to spend that much time on my, on my position or even on the bike in the first place, you know, compared to the to the guys in the top 10. So, you know, I sort of see myself pushing, being able to be a top, you know, a rider that can do well in time trials and get, you know, get get top 10s and stuff, maybe even maybe even more than that. So I think that's it's a good sign for the future, that's for sure. Yeah, we were shouting at the TV when we were watching and I think you actually got to... You came in and you actually got to be on one of the hot seats. Is that right? No, I did I didn't but I really wanted to. I really wanted to. But unfortunately Bissiger, who's a really good time trialist, went before me. So but I had I had a couple of interviews afterwards, which was nice. Came across the line I was third rather than first. They do actually they do in the what they do in world championships, they do have top three. Not in the tour, unfortunately. Next time. <laughs> next time, yeah, next time. Stage 21 and the ride into Paris. How did you feel knowing that you're on the final stage of your first ever Tour de France? Oh, I was, yeah, to, you know, to make it to the end after, especially when the, the first week was so stressful and lots of guys, you know, leave the race for crashes and other reasons, you know, 180 starters and I think around 140 finishes. So mm. it's actually quite a lot of, you know, a lot of people that end up going home. So you know, to be to be there at the end is, I was, you know, super happy to make it, and it was nice. You know, going into the stage, we were already starting the celebrations and having, you know, having nice, not such strict food and <laughs> having a beer or two before the, before we'd even done the stage. So, no, I, I mean, I did get told to expect quite a, a harder stage than than you you know, you'd think. You know, it's not just a parade; you actually do go quite quite hard on that that circuit and. Yeah, I was quite quite surprised actually on that first lap because it's so cool. You come past the Louvre and then you're onto the onto the Champs Elysees, but the first lap was really it was really like wow, this is this is hard, and the, the circuit itself is it's proper bumpy. So yeah, it's not it's not it's not easy. It's not really easy at all. But I was I mean I was loving it still. Every you know two laps in, I was you know enjoying being at the front and helping Sonny again. And yeah, it's such a such an iconic finish to a bike race. So as a team, you won three stages, won the Team GC and had the Polkadot jersey for most of the race. That's an incredible result from your first Tour de France. How has your life changed since 
you have returned from the tour? Um, I guess you know to be on the podium in the in Paris is something you don't. Not many people ever get to ever get to experience. So, you know, albeit it's, it was the team prize, which I don't think many people are that bothered bothered about. But <laughs> alas, it was still you know still a, still a podium in Paris. I don't think we you know I don't think we expected to be on the be on the podium with the team prize. But you know, like I said, we the way the way the team rode. That was, you know, that's what we got out of it. And I think everyone was so happy. I got told, like, don't don't expect this from every Tour de France because that was a pretty special one <laughs> for our team. And, I mean, you know, I'd, I'd want to go to a Tour de France and hopefully do do similar things again. But, yeah, you never you never know what's what's next. But, yeah, I think that was, I was so, so happy with the three weeks. And, like, yeah, sorry, you, you were saying about what was, what's it been like coming home. And, you know, I did, I went down and did the local track league last night and I kind of you know don't realize what it means to a lot of the the kids and the the people that you know I've sort of grown up with and yeah it's, it was so nice to come back to track league yet last night actually and see and you know you, you really realize what what it means to people because you know but for me by the end it sort of just felt like a one big big bike race but actually you know you've got loads of people watch it watching at home and cheering you on and stuff so yeah, that was tracking last night. I had so much fun. It was great. <laughs> it was really good. So am I right that you're your housemate with Ethan Hater? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's um yeah, I mean obviously I'm in London now, but yeah, normally living in Manchester with him and him and Matt Walls. Have you been watching the Olympics and seeing him competing on the track? Yeah, that's 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 another thing that, you know, has been really, really nice to come back to is you know, I've not got that much riding or training to do, but obviously the Olympics are on. So like we had the Euros to watch on, on TV and now we've got now we've got more sport to watch in the Olympics. And I always love watching any any sport and I'm so looking forward to yeah. when when the tracks actually starts. I think I think at, at Herno Velodrome they're gonna um put it on. Although it'll be early in the morning, I think they're gonna put it put it on whenever whenever the track cycling's on so we can watch watch Ethan in the in his races at the the velodrome with you know whoever wants to come down i think there'll be quite a big crowd as well there so yeah that's gonna that's gonna be special and i think yeah i'm really looking forward to seeing out seeing what they can do i think i reckon they're gonna i think they can do it you know i think they're gonna win the team pursuit again so that's gonna be it's gonna be special well thank you so much for coming back onto the podcast to talk to me about your experience at your first tour de france fred oh thank thank you very much it was it was a good experience. Lots ups and downs, but I, I really, really enjoyed it. And congrats on finishing and getting so many amazing achievements as the team. Yeah, thank, thanks a lot. Lots of lots of stories to tell, that's for sure. <laughs> I hope you all enjoyed this episode. It was great to learn about the experience of Fred and the team throughout the tour. If you did enjoy this episode, then please give me your feedback via my Instagram at cycling.talk.podcast. I'm also on Facebook and Twitter. See you on the bike.